are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with y'all on this Wednesday to recap a pretty rough game for New Orleans, a 118-102 loss to the Utah Jazz. We'll take a look at this game and kind of what it means for the Pelicans going forward. We have some interesting quotes from Stan Van Gundy after the game, from Brandon Ingram after the game as well. And we'll also take a look at Brandon Ingram, who's been struggling over the past couple of games. So let's dive into it all because there's actually a lot to take away from this blowout loss to the Utah Jazz. So let's do it in today's edition of Locked on Pelicans. But before we jump into this game, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by CBDMD. The holidays are finally behind us, which means it's time to catch up on some much needed sleep. And even though getting a good night's sleep is much easier said than done, our good friends at CBDMD have exactly what you need to sleep through the night and sleep even harder than the NBA media is sleeping on Nikhil Alexander-Walker. You might be exhausted, but you get in bed and that anxiety kicks in. And if you're like me, it means you start thinking about all the things you need to be doing, all the things you should have done, all of that kind of stuff. And it keeps you up even though you're exhausted, but you still can't sleep. And there's very few things in the world that are more frustrating than that. Well, CBDMD has CBDPM, which blends 500 milligrams of high quality CBDMD, or sorry, CBD with melatonin, valerian root, chamomile, and other sleep promoting ingredients to create a powerful and effective sleep aid. This is going to help. It's going to help put your body to sleep when you're not really ready for bed, but you know you need to go to sleep. You get a big presentation in the morning on Zoom or something like that, or you're tired, but that anxiety is keeping you up. The CBD there is designed to kind of help you just relax and shed some of that stress. They also have CBD for pets. My dog has super high anxiety. She can drive me nuts as much as I love her. I give her one of these treats comes right down and is a wonderful dog. Why wouldn't you want your best friend in the world to feel as relaxed as possible? And to make it even easier to get the year started off right, CBDMD is offering all of our listeners 20% off your next order when you use the promo code NBA at checkout. Once again, that's CBDMD.com, promo code NBA for 20% off your purchase of superior CBD products from CBDMD. So if you listen to yesterday's episode of Locked on Pelicans, the 118-102 loss to the Utah Jazz should not surprise you. I wasn't very high on this Pelicans team going into the game, and I thought this team presents a lot of matchup problems for New Orleans. And guess what? Basically, I don't like to really, I, I try and be humble. I don't like to toot my own horn here too much. But basically, everything I said on yesterday's show kind of came true in this game last night. And it was basically just as bad as the Pelicans could have played. Like everything that's going wrong with this team, all of their flaws, massively exposed in this game against the Utah Jazz. Three point shooting for the opponent and wide open looks, check. Very many checks, 21 checks to be exact. 21 made threes on 47 attempts for the Utah Jazz. It's 45% they shot it there. They took 85 shots, 47 of them were three-pointers. That is an insanely, insanely high number. 52% of their shots were from three. 
And New Orleans had no answer to it. No real urgency to try and contest that on the perimeter. And you know what? Even when the Pelicans switched to a zone, which they did in the fourth quarter or third quarter to really try and throw a different look, as Stan Van Gundy said, at the Utah Jazz, it didn't even matter because their rotations and their closeouts on there were just sloppy and slow. They may as well not even have done that because it didn't make matters even better. There are some serious issues, as I've been saying, on the defensive side of the ball for New Orleans. And then, of course, when it wasn't teams, uh, it wasn't them shooting threes, you know, and those threes were manufactured by the Utah Jazz attacking and driving inside. Donovan Mitchell got it started early on for Utah, driving and slashing to the rim, knowing, though, that he wanted to pass for an open three-point shooter because the Pelicans were going to overhelp on defense. And they did. They sell out to defend the rim. And it leads to wide open shooters. And you saw Utah know this exactly. Some of the drives they had from some of their guards in backcourt had no intention of trying to score. They were just going to draw two or three guys in and kick it out to the open shooter. And this team's a really good three-point shooting team. And you know what? Those guys made those shots. The Utah Jazz played New Orleans by knowing exactly what they were going to do. Because what New Orleans does is incredibly, incredibly obvious. The film on New Orleans was probably the easiest thing to try and digest for this Utah team and set it up so that they could beat this team very easily. This was not hard for Utah over the course of the game. We talked about it on yesterday's show. This was exactly how it was going to go. The Pelicans needed to alter their scheme, alter their defensive game plan. They didn't. And this is what happened. And that's a failing on the coaching staff. And as a fan, you should be upset about this because sometimes things are pretty obvious. I don't actually think I could be a GM of a team. I don't actually think I could coach an NBA franchise, but sometimes things are just so blatantly obvious and staring you in the face. It makes you wonder what the hell is going on. This is kind of one of those games. You know, you can talk about the bad guard play. You had Eric Bledsoe and Lonzo Ball, Lonzo back in the starting lineup. Combined, they made three shots each. Eric Bledsoe was three of nine. Lonzo Ball was three of ten. That's 6 of 19. That is not good guard play whatsoever. Eric Bledsoe in particular was really bad in this game. Lonzo Ballis did a few things well, but the three-point shooting was not there. He was 0 for 6 on the night. None of that is going to get it done. Guard play is killing this team, and it really hurt him in this game tonight. Nikhil Alexander-Walker played 31 minutes, 4 of 13. All of those guys were shooting unbelievably poorly. And in fact, no one really shot well other than Zion Williamson, who was the star of the night for New Orleans. 14 of 19, 74%, 32 points. That's an insane number. He is playing well. He's looking like that springy spry Duke version of Zion that we had wanted to see all year long, even last year. And he's starting to kind of get back into form. Dudes just bounce off of this guy. He went in to score Derek Favors, former Pelican, kind of collided into him and then flew back six feet like a like a cartoon like a video game that's how good zion is but all of these types of performances are just being washed away because no one else is capable of stepping up the guard play doesn't create for others whatsoever their three-point shooters are in a weird spot and we'll touch on that in another in in the next segment then brian uh brandon ingram is struggling So we'll break all of that down even more coming up in today's show because I want to focus on this game exclusively. We'll talk about three-point shooting, what's going on with that. Do the Pelicans need more shooters if I come around on this? And then what the hell is going on with Brandon Ingram right now? 
Before we get to that, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans brought to you by BetOnline.ag. We're deep into the NFL playoffs where things get really intriguing. We've got NBA games every single night of the week, and you're starting to see some trends appear throughout the league. So if you want to get in on the action, there's only one place that has you covered and one place I trust, and that's BetOnline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at BetOnline.ag and use that promo code LOCKEDON for a 50% welcome bonus. It's already like you've won a free bet. They're giving you free money right there. You never want to turn something like that down. They've got all the action you could want on the NFL playoffs, every single prop bet, all the lines in the NBA, over-unders, maybe the over when it comes to the Pelicans in the defense, um, and then the over in terms of Zion's individual points in each game. Now that he's putting up back-to-back games with 30-plus points, just don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action and make these games a little bit more interesting to watch. And don't forget, use that promo code Locked On to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, you're online sportsbook experts. So now you've got some money in your betonline.ag account using that promo code again, locked on for a 50% welcome bonus. And now you've got to get some wins with that money. And if you're betting this year and you want those wins, you've got to listen to the Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They're picking college basketball, football, and NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get your podcast. I don't watch hockey. I've been betting on hockey. And guess what? I've been winning on hockey because I've been listening to the Locked On Bets podcast and their lock of the day, and they are throwing out straight fire when it comes to the NHL right now, so I definitely think you need to get in on the action here. Give them a listen, then head on over to uh, betonline.ag. So more from the Pelicans 118-102 loss to the Utah Jazz with a couple more takeaways here. Then next segment, we'll talk about Brandon Ingram because he is just straight up not being the guy that... Um, they want him to be right now. But there's a couple of issues when it comes to three-point shooting, both offensively and defensively. Let me quickly talk about some more stuff when it comes to the uh, defensive side of the ball. We knew that the Jazz are a good three-point shooting team, yet the Pelicans didn't want to stay home on their shooters. They were so worried about the stuff inside that they... Still overhelp. And I mean, you heard Eric Bledsoe say it that we're probably overhelping. We probably need to let the defensive man handle the guy with the ball and not overcommit to that, leaving wide open shooters. I don't know if that's necessarily the strategy they should do. I pointed you guys out to the numbers in yesterday's show that they're not actually good at protecting the rim. They're good at deterring shots away from the rim. But when, when it comes to contesting shots and trying to lower an opponent's shooting percentage at the rim, like say Rudy Gobert does... They aren't good at that as they give up one of the the second worst, the second highest percentage shooting percentage at the rim. So maybe they're so terrified of that they're just unable to try and, you know, leave the the lane open and only kind of play one on one there with Steven Adams down low and they want to come in with another helper. But at a certain point. When teams are bombing away from you, and I mean the Pelicans' faces were melted off with three-point shots in this game, you've got to at least try. And that's not something the Pelicans have been really good at doing. And this is on the coaching staff for not trying to make tweaks to their game plan. They're in a zone, but like, come on. It's an NBA team and you're not used to running a zone. You're not going to make that an effective defense here. It works for top-end defenses that use it sparingly and have probably practiced it. I don't even know if the Pelicans would have practiced that at all. Because it didn't seem like it worked. It did not seem like that team knew that they were playing zone or how to execute a zone defense whatsoever. And the first position they use it, it's easy corner three for Utah or wing three for Utah. Like no problem at all. So this defense really needs some help. But at a certain point, you've just got to try something different. 
And maybe the Pelicans do need to do that. And you heard it after the game where Stan Van Gundy and his media availability said, yeah, we're probably going to put in a new scheme or we're going to make some tweaks to the scheme. They need to just stand your ground and at least make opponents shoot over you when it comes to three-point shots and a set defense and stop overcommitting and then missing those rotations anyway because no one plays good help defense here. So even when you try and rotate an extra dude over, it's not like they're impacting it that much. And you're just, if they are, just leading to easy kickout passes. It is not good defense overall, and they need to almost redo this from the ground up. This pack-the-paint scheme early on in the season showed some promise, but now it's not necessarily working on either way. De'Aaron Fox lit him up inside. You saw Donovan Mitchell get down low into the teeth of the defense and score down low at the restricted area. It's not going to work. In terms of the Pelicans' own three-point shooting, well, they weren't any better. Uh, you know, they were the flip side of what Utah did. They were 6-26, of 26, 23.1% on the night they are a bottom three team when it comes to three-point attempts per game they're not shooting threes they're not making threes either which is maybe why they're not doing it this is weird to me in this game the pelicans only took one corner three even if you're going through an extended cold streak and i don't think that it's the pelicans having bad three-point shooters on the team you do have J.J. Redick, who's a career 42 percent three-point shooter who's th- shooting 32 percent this season Lonzo Ball, now that one could be kind of iffy, shot 36% last season, shooting 31% this year. Josh Hart is a career 35% shooter from deep. He's shooting 32% this season. These guys are just cold right now. They're open. They're getting good looks, and they are just not making it. I don't know if it's that the Pelicans don't have enough three-point shooting so much as they're just not making it. But again, we can look at these rankings, and I've said these can be very volatile this early on in the season with such a small sample size. One good three-point shooting game is probably going to vault the Pelicans up to middle of the pack overnight. I don't know if you can make sweeping judgments about the team this way or that they need to add more shooters. What three-point shooter are you going to add to this roster that's better than J.J. Redick? Now, all of that said, you need to take more threes. You can't playing this game with Zion Williamson and only take one corner three. Brandon Ingram, after the game, said, "I we need to take more threes. In this game, Brandon Ingram took one three. It's not going to get it done. You can say the court spacing's bad, and you know what it is right now because teams aren't respecting the, the historically good to great shooters that the Pelicans have out there on the court. But Zion is still putting up 32 points on 19 shots. He's still being hyper-effective in scoring. Once those guys start hitting, I do think the offense is going to kind of take care of itself a little bit. Lonzo Ball can't have 0 for 6 nights. No, just not at all. You need to give those minutes to someone else. And in a game where I mentioned those three guard numbers earlier and the fact that Nikhil was 4 of 13, Lonzo Ball was 3 of 10, and Eric Bledsoe was 3 of 9. Like, the best of those three guys shot 33% on the night. The fact that Kyra Lewis Jr. didn't get minutes until the very end of the game is absolutely maddening. You got crap guard playing. You don't play your rookie who's a 13th overall pick who's looked kind of good the past couple of games where he's gotten minutes. I, I do not know at times what this coaching staff is trying to do. But yes, the Pelicans do need to take more threes. They just need to try and design some of these so that they do it. Brandon Ingram... When you're taking 18 shots on the night and only one of them is a three-pointer, no, that's that's not going to get it done. Some of this is just kind of very simple things of shoot more freaking threes and try and hope that they start falling and kind of get you into a groove and open up the court a little bit more. Because the Pelicans' shot profile in this game was absolutely atrocious. 
They didn't attack the rim whatsoever. And if you look at Brandon Ingram's shot chart, he took two shots inside the restricted area and one shot from three. That means 15 shots of his were mid-range. No, no. You kind of look at this team and it's like, yeah, I don't I don't know what to expect otherwise than what they did in this game against Utah. So on the night, they shot 33% of their shots at the rim. They shot 40% of their shots from mid-range and 26 from three. Compare it to the Utah Jazz, 36% at the rim, just 12% from mid-range and 52% from deep. Now, they're a good three-point shooting team. They should shoot a lot of threes, but the Pelicans needed to attack the rim a whole lot more. Lonzo Ball didn't do it in this game. It's not going to open anything up. If you want to create even more space for your three-point shooters, drive, draw a defender in. They're not doing that. Lonzo Ball, 0 for 6 from 3. Took 10 total shots. Eric Bledsoe, 4 4 from 3. He was actually good in that. But Brandon Ingram, not getting it done there. Some of these other guys, not getting it done there. They need to step up. They need to start making shots. If they do start to make threes, things will look a little bit better. But Brandon Ingram has been, I don't want to call it a problem, but a bit of an issue these past couple of games. So I want to take a look at his style of play and what's going on with him here coming up in the next segment because he is the key to this Pelicans team. Zion can do a lot, and we saw it, and he did this around Rudy Gobert. No one does that to Rudy Gobert other than Zion Williamson. Brandon Ingram still needs to be the leader of this team and the best player on this team, and he has not been recently. So what is going on there? But before we get to that, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. It's really that simple. Look, if you're eating a protein bar, you want it because you want to get the protein, whether it's for a workout or a meal replacement, what have you. You're eating it because it's probably the most efficient delivery method of that protein and everything else you're getting. You're not going to go and cook chicken breast. You just want a bar that's easy to throw in your bag, eat whenever it is that you're going to eat it, and you don't need to do any prep work around it. It's cool. I eat these all the time. I like taking protein bars with me on the road, different things like that, just so I have something. Sometimes you just need that protein to kind of help you focus a little bit, right? Make your body feel kind of good. Now, you're not expecting them to taste good. They shouldn't be. It's more about the delivery method. But you know what? If a protein bar can taste good, wouldn't you take that one over the bad tasting one? That's basically what Built Bar is. These things are delicious. You're going to think you're eating a candy bar. And if you can turn eating a protein bar and getting the protein you need into something like that, why wouldn't you do that? Why be miserable when you don't need to be miserable? So check out Built Bar. You can go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON um, and get 20% off your next order. They have unbelievably delicious flavors. I'm digging on the mint brownie right now that basically is like mint chocolate chip ice cream but in a protein bar form they've got some that have 19 grams of protein and 180 calories 17 grams of protein and just 130 calories you're not wasting all of the um, cardio that you're doing look the bars are low calorie low sugar high in protein high in fiber and they taste delicious you don't need much more of a cell than that other than look I spend my own money on these things. I like them so much. I eat one every single day right before I work out. So again, go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON. You're going to get 20% off your next order. Promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. So before we wrap up the show, make sure you check out the Locked On NBA podcast Monday through Friday for you all. Recapping all of the games in the league the night before. There's a lot of games. MLK Day had a ton of them. You weren't able to watch them all. We do the work for you. We tell you what you need to know from those games, keeping you up to date with the biggest stories around the league. And on Wednesdays, I co-host with John Corrales of Locked On Celtics. It is small market meets big market. You get the two different perspectives in there. I don't know what 
else you could really need. Make sure it's your daily podcast to catch up on everything going on around the association. No paywall, just basketball talk, catching you up on everything you need. So subscribe to the Locked On NBA podcast today, wherever you get your podcast from. So Zion Williamson is playing very well for New Orleans. We'll get into maybe tomorrow's show before we preview the Jazz game, the second Jazz game, or later in the week, what he's been doing really well and how he's able to score so efficiently because the Pelicans have found a couple new wrinkles to really get him in a good scoring position right around the basket. But Brandon Ingram still needs to be the best player on the Pelicans team. And right now, he he's not. He wasn't very good in this game. 17 points on 18 shots, 8 of 18 shooting, and just one three. And he comes out after the game and says, we need to take more threes. It should be, I need to take more threes. This is the guy that's supposed to be the leader for the team. But overall, they they all need to. And look, the Pelicans coaching staff and the rest of the team needs to be finding ways to set up good looks for him because his game opens up so much more when that jumper of his is falling. He had to rely basically entirely on on the mid-range game in this one against the Utah Jazz and just don't that's not a good way to try and win basketball games even if he's a good mid-range shooter you still need him to try and get to the rim and to break down a defense and he wasn't capable of doing it partially because of Rudy Gobert in this game but also if you're not really taking shots from the perimeter guys aren't going to close out on you and it's just going to make trying to get to the rim tougher and he wasn't able to do it and couldn't find the space tonight and took far too many long mid-range shots in this one None of it was particularly good, and that's why he struggled. But you're seeing him struggle a good bit to some degree over the past five or six games. And I don't know whether it's some of the confidence leaving him after a real stellar start to the year or what's going on, but it's something that needs to get sorted out if the Pelicans want to win basketball games. Zion's doing everything he can. They're doing a good job of kind of getting him used in the right ways. They need uh, Brandon Ingram to be the main guy. They need him to also close games and be the main guy to kind of close teams out, which he has not been really capable of doing at any point in his career, but let alone this season where he's really, really struggled in the fourth quarter. But if you look at the splits from the first couple of games, the first seven games this year, he's averaging 25 points per game, averaging almost 16 assists per contest in six and a half rebounds, while also shooting 37% from deep. And compare it to the last five games, this is include the game last night, where he's averaging just 21 points per game, so that's significantly lower. Four assists, few about a half rebound less per game, about what, two assists or so per game less? Yeah, about one and a half assists per game less. He's shooting 32% from three. His game is is not been there. And I think part of it is the rest of the Pelicans have struggled. And this is when you've seen this Pelicans team hit kind of the skids when it comes to offense and their looks in the NBA. It's really easy to key in on Brandon Ingram because you're not worried about everyone else. Now, if guys start hitting shots, it opens things up a little bit more. And, you know, sometimes you can boil it down to it being simply a make or miss league. And right now, from three point range, the Pelicans are missing, which puts more of a burden on Brandon Ingram, which in theory, in some sense, makes him easier to defend, I think. But it's a problem. He's got to kind of play better than this. You see him just get way too passive. If his shot's not falling, he's almost just a non factor on offense. It's not going to work with a max contract guy. He's got to impact these games more. Now, the Pelicans need to hit their shots because his assist numbers aren't going to be there if guys miss even when he passes it out. And maybe it's really as simple as that. But he has not been the same guy and he's not been a guy that you can reliably use down the stretching games to close out and win you a close ball game. Pelicans have been bad in the clutch. He was non-existent against Indiana. 
Didn't do much against the Clippers when that one was at least somewhat close. And then against Sacramento, didn't happen in that one really either, even though the Pelicans managed to get a win, but they could have used him closing out the game. He has not made a three in the fourth quarter at all this season. They need him to step up. Otherwise, this team's not going to be able to get it done. You get all the three-point shooting you want. I don't know if that's going to be enough just with Zion and inefficient Brandon Ingram. He's got to be the guy. He needs to step up. That's what we're really going to want to see in this game against the Utah Jazz. A team we played against uh, multiple times last season, played really well. I want to see that Brandon Ingram on Thursday night. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of Locked On Pelicans. Thank you all very much for listening. Don't forget, subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. I'll be back with you all tomorrow.